0: Well, welcome to the Leader Farming Podcast. I have with me um, my friend, um, new friend, um, Kelsey. And say your last name for me. Romshek. Romshek. I didn't want to mispronounce yeah. it. So um, Thanks, Kelsey man. Romshek. Um, we recently connected through um, the Become Good Soil community and... Um, I'm really excited to hear your story, Kelsey, and have, uh, an opportunity for you to share that with those out there listening to the leader farming podcast. And so, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any further intro because, um, I want you to be able to tell your story and, and tell it how you want to. And so, um, I'm turning it over to you, brother. Let's, let's hear a little bit about you and, and your family and, um, You know, what got you here? And uh so go for it.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, well, my story is I guess um I'm story-wise, I'm originally from Grand Lake, Colorado. So the southwest corner of Rocky Mountain National Park grew up in the woods and mountains, and um that was kind of my childhood, small town kid where you kind of did everything and were a part of everything, and um so grew up in the mountains and then um, small town kid where I played you know every sport and did every activity. And then um, eventually came out here to Nebraska and um, attended a small school out here. Um, didn't wanna go to the small school, but um, ended up really liking the campus and um, ended up getting to play football. Um, so came out here, played football. I played for two years. And I uh, was in a boating accident in between my um, junior and senior year. And then uh, because of my injuries and the extent of my injuries, didn't play after that. So I ended up getting into uh, – wanted to come back and student coach and um, had a coaching change, um, terrible, toxic environment. So I um, ended up kind of dropping out of that. Ended up um, helping out um, coach volleyball and then uh eventually just landed here in in Lincoln um when I graduated from college my girlfriend at the time had a couple years left and so um i just found a job here in Lincoln um personal training i knew i could do that and find a job doing that so uh started personal training and was a personal trainer in the gym and then uh eventually um met a bunch of firefighters in the gym and um, god just put the right people in my life and um, they helped coach me mentored me through the process um, their line was hey that's cool why don't you become a firefighter uh, and then on your days off you want to train do that and then um, and then ended up getting hired and then uh um, it's you know I grew up in church my whole life i I grew up in a, a Pentecostal church um, kind of charismatic environment um, My dad was kind of in church leadership, pretty involved. Um, but then in high school and college just really kind of fell away from my faith. Um, and, um, and then, you know, just high school and college really started kind of living that double life. Um, as far as, you know, my church personality on Sundays and Wednesday nights and then, um, you know, kind of just slipped into kind of the party boy lifestyle and on, you know, the weekends and stuff, you know, the whole, uh, like Varsity Blues movie, like that was kind of like the lifestyle that I lived. And um, so when I left for college, it was kind of, um, I still maintained a seed of belief. I definitely believe in that verse as far as train your children up in the ways of the Lord. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I did maintain a seed of belief all that time. So I mentioned that boating accident. Um, even though I was living the party boy, frat boy lifestyle, Um, even during that accident, like I had studied enough anatomy and physiology at that point in college that like, I knew, I knew that my boating accident and just how I was able to survive. Like I knew that it was a miracle, um, but it didn't change my life. It didn't change my path. It didn't, if, if anything, it ramped up the party and even more because, you know, football was taken away from me. Um. But um, as I got into the fire department, God had just surrounded me by the perfect people, like the perfect men. So day one of Academy, um, the guy I sat next to um, was a former recon Marine. So essentially, you know, the Navy SEALs of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet this guy was a Christian and um, totally, you know, blew my mind of what a Christian man could be. Because I was just so used to, you know, a Christian man being, you know, the, you know, the peaceful, kind type. I wasn't used to, you know, a recon Marine.
0: Yeah, the um, Mr. Rogers, Christian.
1: right? Yeah. yeah. And and yet, too, like at nights when, you know, we'd go out um, and have a good time, like he would still go out with us and have a good time, but just not be stupid. And um, so Andy really opened my eyes to what a Christian man could be. And then, you know, through Academy, just some amazing friends um, ended up actually breaking up with that gal, which is uh, a whole another story in itself as far as prayer and very God time things. Um, but God had surrounded me by just such great community and just some strong, um, assertive um men, type A personalities that um because of the community that God had surrounded me with, I chose to stay. Um but it was the pain of that experience and I think just everything that I relied on in her and her family and, um, you know, being 600 miles from my family, I felt really alone. I felt, um, um, but it really caused me to dig into, you know, what, what do I really believe? And I, I, my mom had given me a daily walk Bible. And so I started reading that, um, there was a church about two blocks away from where I lived at the time. So, um, I started, you know, just going to church. Um, and then, you know, it was just, it's been a long journey with God since then. So it went from, um, I was really desiring community. So I reached out to, um, guys that I played college football with that I knew were in FCA and I knew were in Lincoln. Um, so then reached out to those guys, um, you know, it was a long journey from there as far as, you know, getting involved in you know, those church communities eventually, um, because of my, the nature of my work, wanted to, um, you know, serve more of the, the homeless and, um, um, outcast. And so wound up in a church in downtown Lincoln. And, um, through that eventually met my wife, um, eventually became part of part of a church plant and then, um, eventually moved, um, to an even larger church and God's done a lot of cool stuff through that. Um, and then to those, those same guys who, you know, um, I, that God had surrounded me with, eventually we did. We we opened a gym on the side, and that's a whole nother piece to my story as far as, you know, the fitness side of things. And we opened up, you know, the very first CrossFit gym in Lincoln um, and have been, you know, journeying with those guys, you know, 15 years later and still to this day, you know, God continues to do really cool things through each of our stories. Now we're all married Now we all have kids, Um, I've been married for 12 years now to Piper and we have a nine-year-old or almost 10-year-old, eight-year-old and a two-year-old. So we're here in Lincoln. Um, I'm a fire captain now with the fire department and um, I'm definitely in that season of uh, learning to be a humble servant, to um, take the lowest seat until God makes it impossible to do otherwise. I'm in a season where, um, you know, I pushed pretty hard, uh, to get to the position, uh, where I'm at, but now I'm in a season where I could continue to push and push hard, but really processing, you know, where, you know, God has me, where, um, where my talents and gifts are, how he's wired me and, um, and continuing to serve from where I'm at until, God makes it impossible to do otherwise. Um, there's been so many times where over the last two years I've considered, you know, quitting, finding a different job, a different career, um, you know, just really wrestling through, um, is this really what I want to do anymore? Um, but so much of it ties back into, um, you know, I believe that each of us carries, um, you know, that unique design from our loving father, from the creator. He's created each of us in a unique way for a unique reason to bring out our unique um, way in which we bring out the creator in which we bring out the loving God. I love um, Dallas Willard's book, um, divine conspiracy. I love that book because I do. I believe that, um, that through all the experiences that God's given me, through all the ways in which um, he's built me up. I believe I'm at where I need to be right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, my, my dad and mom, both were volunteer firefighters. I was around the fire service my whole life. Yeah. Um, my dad was fire chief in our hometown. So in a lot of ways, God's, I believe in the He'll comment as far as like, I believe that God, that my entire life has prepared me for this moment. And so I like that Churchill comment. I I believe in that at times it's hard to believe that, but, um, you know, now in which, in what I get to do and everything that God's taken me through, um, you know, I do get to just show up every day and be who I am. So a part of that is, you know, um, how God's wired me, uh, being a peer support, um, for our members and, um, and then continue to just serve with, you know, being a former athlete. I love serving in the position that I do because I like the physicality of it. I like still being, you know, the boots in the streets and leading right where I'm at and knowing, too, I'm in a season where um, some of my peers who are even younger than I am or, or came on the job later than I am are getting promoted above me. So wow. how am I processing that? Um, I love the story of the Roman centurion. I love Mm. it in that he was just who he was and he Mm. was just being who he was. And yet Jesus pointed him out and said, I have not seen faith like this in all of Jerusalem or in Mm. all of Israel. And so that, that story blows my mind in that, you know, a Roman centurion, like Mm -hmm. God pointed him out or what did he see in Jesus to lead him to that point. But also like, how he replies to Jesus, he was just truly being who he was. Yeah. As simple as that. Like, no, Jesus, I'm, I'm a man in authority and under authority. Like, I give orders, and I go do it. And I know that you can just give the order, and it'll be done. And so that that centurion was just being who he was. And so, um, you know, I think that's a big part of you know what we do. You know, the leaders that you're talking to. You know, talking to myself even, or you. You know, I believe that that what the world needs is a version of Zach a version of Kelsey um, to just go out and be who we are and all that and all that God's taken us through and the perspectives the knowledge the passions that he's given you each day just show up with that you know every day when I drop off my boys at school we just I pray with them that you know they will just do their best and trust God with the rest so I'm in a season right now where it's It's difficult, but I'm living my boys' words out. And they know that too. We talk about it, you know, at at almost 10 and eight, you know, I know that tomorrow at the firehouse, I just got to show up and whatever comes, I just need to do my best. I'm thankful and that I do have another amazing mentor, very well-respected captain, you know, could definitely be a chief. Um, But he's told me all along, you know, when I was first taking promotional exams, like Kels, just be yourself, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then too, now I take a lot of his words and just live those out as simple as it is like telling, you know, crew members yesterday, like just be you, just be you. That's what we need. Just be yourself. And then when we all come together as a team, like that's what's needed, you know, and even Ripley talking about like Kels, Lincoln Fire and Rescue doesn't need 300 different Dan Ripleys. They need a Dan Ripley and a Kelsey Romshek. And and that's what comes together. All of our talents and gifts coming together uh, to serve the organization well, to serve the community well. And so I've seen that play out as simple as that is. Um, So that's uh, the grand story. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm a fire captain here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln's um, a big, small town in that um uh it's city we've got city convenience but yet um it's got that uh Nebraska nice feeling to it it's you know a community where a lot of people care for each other big city convenience but you're gonna see people around town that you know and care for and and so that's a part of it too just in who I am the number of times that I've wanted to quit or look for something else this year. I know when I internally wrestle it's it comes down to like No, Kels, like if something happens on your street corner, you know, you want to go help, you know, you're going to go do that. So I think part of it is just continuing to live out just who I really am and just each day just show up, do my best and trust God
0: with the rest. That's so good, man. Well, certainly appreciate you sharing and and opening up. Uh, There's just so many directions that we could we could go with your story. One of the things that that I heard you say was uh, just that whole process of of go you went through with the the girlfriend that was for so long. You you made the statement that it was through that pain that I was able to um, to to grow. You didn't use those exact words, but you know you were you were able to to grow and um, you know become who you are today. But it was it was only through that pain that, that got you to that place. Um, we, (laughs) we talk about, you know, just that you and I had some conversation before we, we hit record here, but you know, we're, we're both in similar seasons of, of just, um, you know, feeling, feeling some pain, um, and feeling some, some frustration. And I think, you know, the, the knee jerk reaction is to, um, quit or walk away or, you know, just um, go hide in a, in a corner. But yet, when we think about our growth, and we have this perspective of, of growth that I'm trying to to share with those under my care, as well as, you know, those out there listening is that, you know, growth does come in the difficult seasons, in the winter seasons, in the the times where, you know, you were telling me about uh, a tree that's right outside your your fire station that you were just observing and, and looking at um, like yesterday, and just how you know during the summer it's it's so vibrant and and so much green, but yet you know it looks dormant, it looks dead uh, right now at the moment, but but we know that there's there's growth occurring, we know that there's there's life still in that tree and that the the things that are unseen the the root structure of that particular tree is is deepening and it's it's growing. and um, so where where do you want to go next? Like it's hard to cherry pick, you know uh, particular things, but take us down the road of of one particular, and maybe it's now. Maybe you want to share about what's going on in, in life right now where, you know, you and I talked about this idea of being at our post, even though like we may want to abandon post, but like, you know, the centurion uh, that, that Jesus was, was so astonished with. In fact, that's, that's the only time he uses that word uh, in reference to the centurion, but like, where do you want to go in terms of sharing um, one particular story? Um about a a difficult season in life and now with the perspective that you have looking back you can see how you grew through that season or if you want to talk about now um you know how your perspective has changed and you know even though it's difficult um you know that that you're going to be able to look back and and see growth so take that away
1: yeah I think um, continue to encourage you and I, but also to, to encourage your listeners. I think I, I really believe now more than ever, as far as um, just that piece that, that Morgan Snyder talks about in, in becoming king, as far as the emphasis of building character over kingdom mm-hmm. and also, um, you know, embracing the pain a little bit, right. You know, so as a fitness coach, You know, I know that growth and strength comes through pain. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to challenge your body in order to develop. And I believe that as a leader too, right? Putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations, Mm -hmm. stretching ourselves, taking risk. Um, So I do, I do believe in that. I think, you know, a lot of us will shy away from pain and discomfort, right? If you, if you listen to the latest Wild at Heart podcast, you know, that they talk about we live in a life now of thermostats, right? Mm. We can always make our environment comfortable. Mm. um, But I think as leaders, we need to continue to embrace discomfort. So even in embracing discomfort, right? You and I talked about it before before going live. As far as you mentioned a conversation with your family, as far as initially, um, you didn't go right into it. But I believe, you know, as leaders right now, you know, when we talk about, you know, being warriors and, and being courageous, you know, the reality of you and I ever being in an actual battle like David talked about, right? David was face to face wielding swords, sweaty, exhausted, bloody. Like you and I are probably never going to be in that situation as far as that amount of courage that we need. But for you and I, and for a lot of your listeners, in reality, we're like what Morgan talks about, right? A thousand instances of just 20 seconds of courage. Mm. So even for you with your family, you know, it was a moment where you needed to display some courage just in a 20 second you know, conversation, right? So even with, with my wife and everything we've been through, I've learned that really it's just 20 seconds of courage that I need to display to just be honest, or with my crew members and leading them. Um, Most of the time it's just 20 seconds of courage, or even right now in in an atmosphere and environment where um, our workforce feels very exhausted, feels very um, hopeless. I imagine in some of the conditions you're working through in, in the restaurant business are similar and you look forward at conditions right now and it looks rather hopeless. So how do you lead in this season where a lot of conditions just seem very hopeless. And I think in a lot of ways, it's just 20 seconds of courage of going against the grain of when people are losing their heads saying Mm. like, I know it's hard. It's hard. You're right. But we got this going against the grain to speak against those voices of, you know, the greater culture right now where so many people are hopeless, you know, like, how about a little hope? How about something as simple as like, I know I'm with you and we got this, you know, or even um, leadership above you, you know, studying Joseph. I don't know how on earth Joseph did it for so long to follow and serve faithfully under leadership that that was maybe toxic or that he did, didn't believe in, but he just kept faithfully serving. Um, so even now, and in, in whether it's politics or Maybe you're working in a field that has toxic leadership or, or whatever. It's not showing up being true to who you are. And then, and trying to give some hope like, no, it's okay. Or for the believers out there, like, what are you really going to believe? Are you going to believe that it's hopeless? Like, look at this season. What am I going to do? Or are you really going to believe, really going to believe that God is a good father, that he's going to take care of you. And then, yeah, believe in, you know, consider it all joy when faced with trials of many kind. Because what does it do? It develops perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday at work, I was faced with various trials. Definitely various trials. You know, my dad in the hospital. Um, you know, I had two new probies or two, two new crew members that were going to take a lot of focus and attention. I had some peer support stuff popping up. Not to mention leading my own people and you know various trials within the day, um, but yet um, just twenty seconds of courage here and there, and that's all my people needed, and um, that's what I needed. That's what my wife needed, and um, and then too, just being true to you know who we are and just showing up and doing our best in that moment. But I think right now, just greater culture-wise, you know what what kind of voice are you going to have? Are you going to buy into the culture? Are you going to buy into the hopelessness? Are you going to, or are you going to be a voice of hope? A voice of reason. And so I think now more than ever, uh, whether you're a leader at the top or whether you're a leader with a mop, I think now more than ever, um, we just need to lead with a little hope. We just need to lead with a little positivity. So even in my position right now, kind of boots in the streets, but a leader of the boots in the streets, um, you know, what am I going to buy into? Am I going to believe that change has to occur from the top down? Or um, one of my fire service mentors, he talks a lot about um, water boils from the bottom up. And so you can be a leader right where you're at. You mm-hmm. can be a change agent, a culture change. Um, you can be a voice of hope right where you're at. And so um, just like Brother Lawrence, I don't know how on earth that dude did it to be that, that joyful, that faithful washing dishes. But here we are centuries later, and mm-hmm. that is still just such an amazing story that can provide you know us with hope, resilience, perseverance. By studying this, you know, this dude who is a simple dishwasher, Mm. but yet like lived it out so faithfully. So whatever context we're in, like, what are we going to choose to believe? Hold on to. And, um, and yeah, what, um, what message of hope are we going to spread? Are we going to buy into the hopelessness?
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I, I think that that really is, is very timely there's so many people out there that, um, are just in a, in a tailspin of hopelessness and, you know, to, to choose to believe in something different, um, and to say, you know, um, I'm not going to participate in, in that. And, um, so with some final thoughts and some final words, what, looking back, um, over your life and, and all the trials and difficulties that you've, you've been through. I mean, you, you literally put out fires for a living. Um, I feel like I, I put out figurative fires most, most days. Um, but you know, what wisdom and what thoughts would you share with someone, um, that, uh, you know, that, that's, that's out there listening, a younger fo- a person that, um, uh, that may be trying to figure out, you know, how to put out the fires in, in their life right now. Maybe they're dealing with, you know, um, a, a big fire or, or multiple small fires, but what, uh, what would you, what would you share? <laughs>
1: I think, I think what jumps out to me is, <laughs> is, uh, you bring up that example of, of uh, putting out fires. And, and I think in all honesty, vulnerability and authenticity, one of the the scenarios that I walked through this weekend was just, you know, here is this fire captain who is brave and courageous enough to run into a burning building. But yet um, I don't have the courage in the moment on Saturday night to assertively step up and say like, hey, babe, like we said, we were going to watch a family movie. I know your uh-huh. friend's over, but we had planned on watching this movie. But instead, you know, I just kind of shirked off, kind of played a pity party and and just kind of went and did my own thing, just hung out in the back bedroom and, and kind of pouted or even walking downstairs with my son. He's, you know, we've kind of dabbled with the video games. He's playing, uh-huh. you know, Fortnite with his friends and realizing the joy he had in it. But yet, I didn't even have the courage as a father to say, you know, like, hey, bud, you know, like, I know you're enjoying Fortnite, but, you know, could we play a two player game? I'd love to play with you. I don't really understand Fortnite. How about we play Super Smash Brothers or Mario Kart? Something like that we could play together. But instead, you know, I think sometimes we take the easy way out, the path of least resistance. And so Mm -hmm. I think um, I really do believe in that. Just 20 seconds of courage. Mm -hmm. And would that have changed decision Saturday night? Maybe, but maybe not, but it would have built relationship with both, you know, my wife and her friend and, or, you know, my son. And so it's just interesting to me that you point out the example of, you know, putting out buyers, but yet, you know, all of us, all of us in some way or another lack courage in certain ways in which really it would just require simple courage. So Mm -hmm. encourage your people to um, just have that courage to, just honestly, authentically be themselves and be open. And then two, you know, you talking about, what would I tell my younger self? I think too, for all your listeners, be open, just be mm-hmm. open. I'm in a super cool relationship right now where I had a former crew member um, who I really respected how he lived his faith. Um, it was the 20 seconds of just outrageous, mm-hmm. insane courage, how he would just talk about his faith to anyone and everyone talk about what he's reading in the Bible, truly lived it out. Well. Um, And now he's going, he's about halfway through um, his green beret training. Um, So now he's living out on the army base, but here's this 24 year old kid that I'm learning with. Yeah. Step-by-step with as a 38 year old man. Um, So I would, I am actively telling my younger self, Like, seriously, the dude's wired just like me. Um, We have so many mannerisms that are similar. Um, But honestly, one of the things that we continue to share back and forth is just a wild, grand adventure with God. And so I think a lot of that ties into telling my younger self, like, don't compare yourself to everyone else. Mm. Don't feel like you have to step in line or live this certain narrative. Um, You know, even as a young captain, Six years ago, I would have told myself, don't compare yourself to Captain Ripley or Captain Ruth. Just Mm -hmm. be you. Just be Kelsey. If I would have truly lived out my mentor's words of just be yourself versus trying to be that mentor, I think it would have saved me, you know, six years of extra stress that I put on myself. So, you know, at 22, at 28, you know, just embrace the wild grand adventure with God and that he's a loving father. He loves you for who you are because he's designed and wired you for who you are. And we have a responsibility to just simply live that out.
0: Mm. So good. Well, brother, thank you again for your time and um, just for your wisdom and, and thoughts and sharing your story. I'm grateful. I'm looking forward to getting to know you um, better as we continue to, to walk together in this community and uh, look forward to sharing your story with those out there listening. So take care and God bless, bro. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it.